Hi, I'm Isaac Weaver, and you're listening to the Monarchist Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Mike. And you're listening to the Monarchist Podcast. This evening, we're joined by Brooke Corson, U.S. Army veteran, executive director and founder of Mutts with a Mission, and puppy trainer of Monarch Nation's favorite pup. Hudson. Hudson and Brooke, welcome to the best and only ODU podcast. Thank you for having us. We're excited to get to know more about your charity and your mission and Hudson. So Brooke, thank you for joining us. Tell us a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to create Mutz with the Mission back in 2008. So I joined the Army in 2003 as a reservist and in 2004, I was called up to go to Fort Benning as a supply sergeant. And what they were doing at that time is they were bringing the infantrymen back to Fort Benning as drill sergeants. And so I was down there for two years. I eventually became a drill sergeant at Fort Knox. But what I was seeing a lot of as, as a drill sergeant, you're given 55 privates. You know, you have the, the stressful job of making them into soldiers. And I mean, you're everything to these privates, mom, dad, I mean, er everything. And what they, you know, they were bringing these guys back from, from Iraq and just giving them, you know, uh, know, go from one stressful situation to another. I mean, granted they're different, but, but still stressful. And so, so while I was down there, I decided that I wanted to get a puppy to train in blood trailing wounded deer. So I pulled the old, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So I got a Karen Terrier puppy and started taking him to work with me. And the drill sergeants would come in and they would come in to see the puppy and they'd come in off the ranges and things like that. And they'd sit in the chair in the, in the office and they wouldn't talk to me, but they would just you know call for Angus. You know, he'd come over, get up in their lap and they'd just hang out with him for a little while. And, and it kind of left an impression on me. Once I was through down at Fort Benning in, in 2006, I went to drill sergeant school in 2007 was a drill sergeant for a while, went back home and, you know, had to get, get a real job in the or I guess a job in the real world. And I started getting phone calls about, you know, friends that had committed suicide because of PTSD. So I grew up training dogs. I helped pay my way through college training dogs, I continued to train dogs while I was you know, in the army. And I kept saying to my husband, yeah, there's gotta be something I can do as far as dogs. So I started looking into to service dogs. At that time, there were not a lot of service dogs. Service dogs for PTSD weren't as, as uh, common as they are now. And so I did a lot of research and I said, well, I can, I can train dogs and found out about task training dogs to turn them into, you know, to make them service dogs. And I uh, persuaded my, my husband and my brother to, to be board members. And so we founded Bus with the Mission. That's wonderful. I know Hudson, he's won the hearts of Monarch Nation, ODU community, everybody. I mean, all across Twitter, it's been amazing to, to watch. And of course, you know, Mike, myself, and the rest of our tailgating group of the Monarchists. How did your relationship with ODU begin and how's it going so far? So it's a, it's a great story. So my son and, and the Ronnie's sons play lacrosse together. And so I would go to practice with a, a puppy and i guess that that kind of jen got interested in it and started talking to me about it she tells me that she you know she pitched it to to ricky and he's like absolutely not we're not having a third dog in the household 
And so she said, well, why don't we sponsor it? And I think, and so, so then that's where Hudson came in. At the time we had, Hudson is out of our first litter as much of the mission that we've actually, we have the mom, we bred the mom to a, a dog out of uh, Gainesville Labradors in Gloucester. And so we whelped out the litter. It's our first litter that we've done that with. And so we had six puppies. And so we were telling her, you know, hey, we've got these six puppies. I had extra puppy raisers who didn't have puppies. So I purchased two more puppies from a breeder up in Ohio. And so we had eight puppies. And I said, well, listen, we're going to bring these puppies. You know, we want you guys to name one. That was part of the sponsorship. So we're going to bring them in. We're going to let y'all pick the puppy that's going to be the ODU, you know, the, the, the team puppy. And so we brought eight, all eight puppies in. It's like herding cats. And because they were just eight weeks old, took them into, you know, over to the sports complex, let them loose with the players and Hudson more or less picked them. So, and they picked the name, you know, and I really, really have to give Jen a lot of credit for what, you know, her, her purpose for doing it. It, you know, what she wants to do is, you know, I mean, these are students, they're away from home. They've had to, you know, they, they give up a lot. They, you know, some of them have told us that they had to, you know, give up their, their dogs to, because there was no one home to take care of them or, you know, left their dogs home with their parents or things like that. And so, you know, she wants Hudson to bring, bring a smile to their faces. And he's, he's definitely done that. And, you know, it's, it's, for me, it's rewarding to, to take him, be able to take him in after practice and things like that and, and watch the guys interact with them and, and, and how he interacts with them is, is very, very different than how he interacts with other people. So, oh yes, yep. Can you tell us about that a little bit? So he, so he and his brothers and sisters have been on since the end of July have been on multiple aircraft carriers at Norfolk Naval Base and over at Newport News Shipyard. So they've been on the Bush, the Ford. They're getting ready to go on the Wasp and the Stennis here shortly. And so watching him with the with the sailors. He's kind of like, yeah, you can pet me. And even sometimes the tailgating, you can see him. He's like, yeah, you can pet me. But when he sees the players, I, I, I generally call them his people. He, like all sense of self-control is just lost. I mean, he's just so excited to see them. So it, it's pretty neat. And one day we were walking across where, you know, the, the field hockey and lacrosse players practice towards the, the football practice field. And they were just coming through the gate. And so we, I mean, we were a pretty good distance away and he saw, saw him walking through. He had been nicely, loosely walking, you know, up until that point. And he saw them start coming through the gate and he started pulling on the leash. And I was like, really? Like, are we serious? But so, yeah, he definitely, he, he really, you know, those are, those are his people as I call them. So yeah, he loves the players you know, and the coaching staff. That's awesome. Personally, my one interaction with Hudson, he tried to lick my face off. Yep. I think he was trying to maybe get to the mustache. I'm not sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He'll do that. <laughs> but uh, for Hudson and the other dogs that are being trained to be service animals for service members, what are the skills that they'll need to learn before they're ready to become that service animal for that person? So we train service dogs for, for PTSD and for mobility. So one thing that you'll always hear me or you'll hear other puppy raisers say before they go meet for the puppies are allowed to meet someone is go see. So that's actually a task. And what that does is, you know, people with PTSD, and I'm not going to say everybody because PTSD is different for, you know, for a lot of people, but a lot of people with PTSD will socially isolate. And so that go see command, you know, 
service dogs will ignore people until they're given you know command to go visit and that allows the dog to go visit with someone that otherwise you know they would not have interacted with and that interaction then gets the handler speaking to someone that they wouldn't have spoken to before um, and so you know that helps bridge that gap and bring them back to you know where they where they were before you know they had started suffering from PTSD. Other things they'll do is they will go into a dark room and turn on lights. They'll do medication reminders, go get help. Let's see, pick up dropped items, find a phone, find keys. You know, we also do a lot with TBI, traumatic brain injury as well. And so, you know, losing, putting items down, losing items is, is a, a big thing. So being able to find a phone and keys and things like that is very important. We have some that brace, depending on their size, they'll brace, they'll help their people up off the floor. You know, the, the things they can do is it's pretty open, open doors, open drawers, go to the refrigerator and get, you know, get water or a drink or something like that, close the refrigerator behind them. Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. We have some that'll pull wheelchairs. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, it just depends on, you know, what the individual needs. That's amazing. Seems like they're more capable than I think my son is sometimes with being trained, you know? <laughs> I have an 11 and 13 year old, yes. <laughs> so we got some questions on Twitter that people had some curiosities and we'll mix them in as we go. But the first one we got was from Carrie Scott on Twitter at Forever Izzy 2. And she asked, what the one skill that you're working on with Hudson that is the most challenging to learn? right now at his age is so we don't use the word stay like sit means sit and down means down so right now his challenge is just staying in place when we give the command you know if we tell him to sit for him to stay sitting and on our part that's a lot of just reinforcement i'm big on not saying sit 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 i'm big into the you know say it once and then follow up with it so it's a lot of reinforcement on our part but at his age right now it's that and honestly loose leash walking there's there's kind of two so i'd love to say there was just one but there's there's at his age there's multiples <laughs> So Shane Stewart on Twitter asked, what kind of service dog is Hudson in training to be? So that's a, so that's a good question because a lot of people ask that. We don't know whether he'll go for PTSD or whether he'll go for mobility or he'll go for dual purpose. We kind of let the dog tell us. Uh, you know, some dogs are, are more suited for one thing than another. So at about 14 months old, I mean, we train a lot of the same tasks, like medication reminders, go get help, things like that. You know, pick up dropped items. We teach all the dogs, alert into anxiety and things like that. You know, we let the dogs tell us whether or not they, they're going to tend more towards PTSD or more towards mobility or even dual purpose. Um, you know, we don't want to force the dogs into doing something that they don't want to do because, you know, the, if, if we do, then they're not going to be as reliable. So ask me in about 11 months and I can probably tell you which one he's going to tend towards more. <laughs> I think everyone will be anxiously awaiting to see what that is. I know we will be. At UVA, we talked a little bit about Hudson's fashion. So I had some questions and some curiosities. Everyone loves his goggles and his little doggy Crocs. I think they're made by WAG where we zoomed in to kind of see what that, that was. A lot of people have asked us about that. Could you share for the, for the audience the purpose of both the goggles, the footwear, and any other items that Hudson might use? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the boots, I mean, you know, here in coastal Virginia, it gets to be roughly the temperature of the sun in the summer on the pavement. So, you know, these guys, like I said earlier, these guys are going on the aircraft carriers. And so they're having to walk across parking lots and things like that, or even walk, you know, so that 
so we have to protect their feet from the you know from the heat because they can actually get third degree burns from pavement sand things like that so one is to protect them from the the, the hot, even the turf gets hot at the field. So it's to protect them from that, but then also, you know, broken glass and things like that, that we may not see until the last second. And so, you know, that way his feet aren't getting cut. Um, so it's protection. It, we just got lucky that it happened to come in Carolina uh, in Hudson Blue. Now the goggles, the same thing they have. So the lenses that he wears are actually, they are they're like sunglasses. So if you see, you know, like the UVA game during the, it was during the day. So it was extremely bright out there. So I always, I figure if I'm wearing sunglasses, the dogs, you know, they can, I can have the same courtesy for them. And so, you know, putting it on these guys when they're younger, it's easier to get them acclimated rather than when we get ready to place them at two years old. Go, Oh yeah. By the way, here's a pair of goggles. Good luck getting them, you know, have fun, you know, working with them. And it's also eye protection, walking through crowds and things like that. You know, you, you never know, just in a big crowd, bumping into things and things like that. So it's, it just protects his eyes. You know, when he's out running, we have a 20 acre horse farm we bought last year for our facility. And so, you know, some of the fields have some high grass and sometimes when we can't get around to, to brush hog them like we need to. So, you know, running through the high grass and things like that, the seeds and things, you know, we try to prevent them from getting in their eye and scratching their eyes. So it's protection. It's it all has it all has a purpose. And then if we were to go to concerts or like a you know gun range or something like that, we actually do have hearing protection that we put on them as well. All right. So as with every organization, it takes money to do the wonderful things you're doing. How does the sponsorship of a dog work? So we have different levels, and you know, just depending on what the person the organization you know wants to spend you know it just correlates with what they receive out of the sponsorship you know we are a nonprofit organization so everyone tells me in my organization yes money is very important so <laughs> you know they just the, you know the more money the more things that you know like you get your patch on a vest or you know, get to name the puppy, you know, follow the puppy throughout. Like, you know, our, our relationship with ODU is a little different than a regular sponsorship, but, you know, you follow, like, some will send pictures, you know, throughout the, as the dog's growing up, send a newsletter out, you know, invite them to graduation, things like that. So just, just depends on the sponsorship level. So over your left shoulder, I noticed a Norfolk Admirals badge or logo. Yes. Are you guys working with them as well? Because I, I saw they have a new dog. Patty, yes. Yeah. Yep. So last year they sponsored Ike. But Ike's actually getting ready to graduate next month. And so they named Hattie, who is out of a, a puppy we received from another program. And so, yes, that's going to be their new Admiral's puppy for the next two years. So she'll be at the at some of the, a bunch of the hockey games. Actually, we're... We're waiting for a gentleman to come back and put ODU's logo next to that. So, All right. It's clear that you guys connected with the East Carolina football fans. We've made <laughs> yeah. a lot of comments on Twitter, and we're super supportive in all the drama that was leading up to the UVA game. We got a number of questions from ECU fans. It was pretty right. cool. And one of them was from Saturdays in Greenville, and they want to know, are the windows down really that fun? windows down you know when a dog sticks his head out the window <laughs> so we don't allow that actually that's how the whole rex Fex thing came about in our program one of our normally we don't allow it just because you know one bug in the eye can 
take a service dog out of a program or a puppy in training. And so one of our, one of our guys was like, I, he pulled up one day and he had Rex specs on his dog because he's letting him hang his head out the window. And I said, all right. I said, you know, I, I see your, I see that. I see how that's how we're going to do it. And that's how we got introduced to the Rex specs, but I've got to give him a lot of credit. I mean, he, you know, otherwise we weren't going to, we wouldn't let the dogs hang their heads out. So that's, that's a rule. If you're going to do it, you know, you got to do it safely, but apparently, yeah. Cause you get all the smells and, and the cool breeze. So I think all the smells. Yes. Yep. It is that much fun for the dogs. There's my dog. Exactly. One yep, of my see? dogs. That's scout. Scout agrees. All right. So Nick Pope joy. I uh, know you fan. He asked, asked us a question that we've gotten from many Monarch fans. Will Mutt's with the mission continue its relationship with ODU after Hudson graduates? It would be cool to see a collaboration for years to come. I know on our side, we'd love to, you know, we, we, so, you know, Hudson's the football team dog, but a lot of the other sports will, you know, have asked us to come and just see them, you know, come hang out for an hour or so with them. And, and we're happy to, you know, it's, these dogs bring a, you know, a smile to people's faces and that's, you know, if we can do that, absolutely. We'll support ODU in any way we can. So, yeah, yeah, I hope we do for many years to come. So, I mean, it's always cool to have an animal mascot. And being in Norfolk and our mascot being a lion, PETA being down the street, that is very unlikely to ever happen at right. ODU to have a lion mascot. Also, it's expensive and it's not that safe. But having a dog mascot makes a lot of sense and even – more so having a dog that is a representative of charity that is helping service members and veterans makes even more sense. So I'd love to see it happen. And I hope it does. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Especially in the area, um, you know, being a Navy veteran, my, my dad's retired military. I mean, the area you've got the master jet base, the largest Naval station in the world with Norfolk, Dam, Dam Neck, Little Creek, Yorktown, there's just so much, and it makes so much sense. And I don't know what the numbers are, but I know that ODU has a lot of veteran students in. So I, too, hope that it continues because it just makes too much sense. I agree. I agree. We, we I mean, we love the, the relationship we're having so far. and We absolutely hope it continues. So all dogs love treats. Is there a certain treat that Hudson has leaned towards, or is he good with everything? So, yes. But he likes these. So the one last night that he was chewing on the uh, cow snout, but then he also, ever since they were puppies, they like the, there's these beef esophaguses and they, they, they smell absolutely disgusting, but they, he loves them. He tries to, I have a couple puppies of my own right now that, and he goes in and tries to steal theirs all the time. So, but yes, he loves those and the, the, the beef snouts that he had last night. So. So you're a trainer. You probably could help the average person with their average dog. What are things that owners do that they could correct pretty quickly? Any suggestions? Follow through. When you tell them to do something, follow through with it. A lot of people are, you know, if the sit, 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 and the dog ignores them, you know, tell them, tell them to do it and then have them do it now. So, you know, follow through is a big one. Don't teach them to ignore you. You know, when you recall them, you know, people, people want to say, oh, I never use treats. I mean, you know, not many people work for free, so we all get something out of it. Even even when we volunteer, we still get things out of it, right? So every time, you know, we I teach my people every time that we recall a puppy or a dog, 
we're going to give them a treat. And, you know, that way it's, it's, it's a positive thing. So you know, we want them to come to us because, you know, that you never know when you're absolutely going to need it. You know, that one time that you may not have a treat, but you really need them to come. You want them to remember like, Oh yeah, every time I get a treat. So that'll be the one time they don't. So when you're training the dogs, do you guys train them all the time individually or do you train them sometimes in conjunction with the, with each other? We train them in groups. You know, we have 30 dogs in training right now. So we have, we'll have group classes, but we try to age, we try to group them by age appropriately. So like he'll train with, well, I mean, so he's here, so, so he gets to train a lot more. Um, but he will do, like I, his sister trains with two of his brothers, or the, the three will train together. And then I have, you know, Hattie, Hattie will train with her brother and sister. So, so yeah, we try to do it. It's, it's nice now that we have enough that we can do them in groups so that I'm not having to, you know, do you know, six classes of, you know, sits and go to your mat, you know, under a week. So, yeah. All right. I, I saw that you recently posted in swimming. Is that a skill that you want all the dogs to learn early or? It is. We, we actually, years ago, we didn't have a pool and um, some of our, some of our recipients actually complained. Like they would go take them to the beach or something or a lake and they'd be like, my, my, my lab can't swim. So, you know, around here, we get that algae that could be you know, pretty harmful to them. And I think within 45 minutes of ingesting it, they can, they can die. So we made the decision once we moved out here that we were going to get a, a dock diving pool. Um, and, you know, it, it has a lot of benefits. One, you know, the dogs really enjoy it. But we'll have our graduate our graduates will come back and spend time together with their dogs you know, out on the docks, having them swim and things like that. So it's, it's really had a lot of benefits. And our puppy raisers will come out. You know, I've got tomorrow I've got a, a puppy raiser and the dog that she puppy raised, the graduate is coming. So they're going to she's got her puppy that she's she's doing another puppy. And then the graduate dog, they're going to they're going to go out and play in the water off the dock. So, yeah, I mean, these guys at four weeks old, though, there's a video on the Facebook page. I was trying to get the, the six of them into the, into our backyard that has a pool in it as well. And my son was doing a video and I was trying to bring puppies into the yard and there are already some in there. And the ones that were in there are already jumping in the water. So, so these yeah, guys yeah. are natural swimmers. I asked that because I have one dog that hates getting her feet even wet. Yeah. And another that's, she's pretty cool with it. But yeah, Scout does not like the water at all. I, I, I have a little bit of a curiosity just, you know, as being a Navy veteran, obviously you're an Army vet. Do you see different needs between different service members or are they all kind of common now, you know, common needs? So... A little bit of both. I would say the army, they break you down a lot. You know, your knees and your shoulders and your back go a lot faster, you know, because you're carrying around your rock. It depends on, you know, if you're with what they call it, land Navy or water Navy, you know, the, the army guys that I say guys, I mean, guys and girls, so no one get offended, please. They, you know, they have a tendency to have more knee issues and back issues and shoulder issues. You know, Navy has, depending on, you know, what they did, knee injuries, a, a lot of back you know, back stuff, just, I guess, you know, on the ships and stuff like that. But as far as PTSD, that's, you know, that's across the board. That's, there's no difference there whatsoever. As far as, you know, tasks and things like that, we get that, that sadly that, you know, there's no, that's, thank you, Hudson. That's common for everybody. So. 
All right, so we're, we're going to let you go after this one. Why don't you tell us how people can find Mutz with the Mission online and so they can learn about how to support Mutz with the Mission? So you can go to our website. It's mutswiththemission.org. You can go to, there's links on Hudson's Twitter page, his Instagram. I think Mutz with the Mission also has an Instagram. So any of those ways you can find out about Mutz with the Mission. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for your service. And thank you even more for what you're doing for our veterans and service members. Well, thank you for the opportunity to speak with you. Anytime. You guys are always welcome. You let us know if you need anything. Absolutely. Thank you. All right. Go Monarchs. Go Monarchs.